What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Why'd you use this? That's all I had. Welcome to the heist. Welcome to the heist. Now, um, we were just talking about if Billy had an Isaiah Hodgins jersey, I would be stealing it, and it would make a phenomenal episode of Cops. So, um, just talking about that. But, guys, I hope however you are consuming this content with us today, that you're having a great time doing it, you're having a good day. It is the middle of summer. We are in the dead zone. Very little news. So, we're here to talk some football for you. Get you excited for the upcoming season. So, um, guys, we we did something pretty cool. Um, we uh, we partnered with everyone's favorite dynasty football platform slash redraft platform slash whatever you want to call it. But Sleeper has offered the IDP Army a promotion code, so you can go on there and type in Possum, and you get a hundred dollar match, dollar for dollar, from Sleeper, and. Uh, Guys, you can go get rich with the help of offensive points, um, and that's what we're here for. Future results are not indicative of past performance because <clears throat> we always hear that everywhere. But uh, Josh, Billy, what's up, man? You didn't spell possum, but I feel like everyone knows how to spell possum. If you don't, just Google quick it. search. Just quick Google you know, possum. You'll figure it out. P-O-S-S-U-M. P-O-S-S-U-M. Now, when this you're is a spelling lesson. I just um, want to highlight gonna... the SUM part because you're going to win a big sum of money with that promo code. Damn. Past performance is not indicative of future results. So I actually, I'm going to hijack the podcast for a little bit because this isn't going to be quite as good as the post-it note story, which I'll never live up to ever again. Um, but related news, um, I made my political debut last week, which is why our, our podcast uh came a little bit di er different and early. Um, anyway, so just a little excerpt of my speech. Um, I don't have it uploaded here, but I'll just let you know uh, the start of it. Uh, hello, Missourians. Just kidding. No, um, it, wasn't, it wasn't that great. But no, uh, I went to a town hall and I've, I got to voice my concerns about some property that's being built behind my house, which is a very weird concept as it is. It's a small condo that uh, families would all live in and like, like a commune almost basically in this one small port parcel of land behind my house. And this guy does not know consumers because the, one of his first sentences was, well, you know, most people don't like to just drive right into their driveway and, and close the garage behind them. And I was like, wait, am I an asshole for wanting to do that? Cause I want privacy and want to be able to close my uh, garage door. Anyway, I got to yeah. speak at this, uh, this, Parks and Rec, whatever, uh, I guess it was technically a planning and zoning meeting. And it went till one o'clock in the morning. I showed up at seven o'clock and stayed till about nine. And I was like, there's no fucking way I'm going to be able to do this. But I really wanted to give my speech. 
And it was about 10 minutes away from the house, went home. We were watching it and it was pretty entertaining in general, just watching some of the public forums come in. Uh, and then I was still awake and it was about midnight. And I was like, I'm headed back over there. And I go back over there and I, I give my speech to this guy. And he was really just trying to sell it as everyone. Everyone really supported this in the community. And, you know, uh, didn't have, you know, I, I went door to door and talked to some people and they were all really excited about it. And then this lady goes, um, according to the 50 people who signed this petition, it doesn't seem like you have community support. Uh, <laughs> the guy was just like, yeah, I was surprised to see that too. And I was like, dude, you sent out a letter and then went door to door the day the letter arrived to people's houses that they can't even read yet and know what's, what, what's even happening. And I mean, it's property. Something's going to get built there, but I'd rather have it be houses. I don't know. Not a weird commune culty type subdivision that he was trying to build on this two acre plot of land. Uh, anyway, I forced the indecision. I like to say I, because I did, I was one of two people to speak on the topic. Um, and it was, I went to a tie cause there's eight council members and it will now be, I will be giving my second political debut, uh, on July 31st. And it'll be a pretty interesting time. I'll have more feedback for that in the future. And, Maybe next I'll be president of the United States. We don't know. We don't know what's coming from us. I still have you a could few run a mean filibuster. <laughs> you could run a filibuster just talking about the Eagles for like three hours. I was thinking about just going in there and talking about Miles Sanders for a couple hours. I have I have some yeah. content ready for it. What the loss meant for the Eagles and the change of the guard to DeAndre Swift and how the Eagles are going to replace their running backs in the future because they're all in one year contracts. That's the whole thing. We, you guys, why just, you know. Nick Sirianni got hosed for Coach of the Year because now the co his Coach of the Year odds aren't even as good as they were last year, even though he's probably going to have a better, more consistent team this year. It's a whole thing. Listen, Billy, you know, you know, I can talk about the Eagles. I'm literally going to talk about them today more. Hey, as an Eagles fan myself, <laughs> I understand. Wait, did we sign Baker Mayfield? Nope. Oh, Jalen Price, the best fly. Oklahoma quarterback. Yep, uh, fly Eagles fly, Joe. That's right. Hashtag green green gang. Already gonna pre-order my Kelly Green Jalen Hurts jersey. Nice. Not nice. the midnight green one. No. What about the Kelly sage green. green one from the late eighties? That was Kelly Green. I mean, I, it's available. I haven't even heard of the sage green. There's no such thing as the sage green Eagles jersey. Google it. I don't believe you. Yikes. All right, folks. Well, we don't have any news yet. The impending free agents that are still trying to figure out what they're going to do are still trying to figure out what they're going to do. Hopkins, we got nothing. Dalvin Cook, we got nothing. Leonard Fournette, nothing. Zeke Elliott, nothing. I mean, there's no camps going on, so there's really nothing for them to even be going to do other than negotiating this contract. So we're still in the dead time when it comes to news. So unless you guys want to make something up, I think we'll just jump right in. Yeah. Devontae Parker just back. signed a huge contract. Which I guess I guess that's news in itself because that pretty much means Hopkins isn't going there. Yeah, that's true. Maybe. Do you want to read the team? Yes. I mean, no, nah, I'm good. We could skip Devontae Parker. I was just saying that's that's sort of news at the very least. Something happened. Yeah, not enough. All right, well, let's get on. We are doing starting the NFC. We have completely finished the AFC. Um, the last four episodes of Off of to Points, if you want to go try to hunt those down, that will give you our entire preview of the AFC. But today we are starting the NFC, and we are starting in Joe's division and Josh's dad's division, the NFC North. So I like that Joe. Get some play there. 
Joe, kick I us think, off. I think we should call it Buddy's Division. He he earned it, man. He's been a fan for 50, 60 years at this point. I mean, hey, staying true to the Lions. I love the Lions. So you want me to talk about the Bears? Of course. Bear down. You want me to talk about the NFC North Paper Tigers? Okay. So the Chicago Bears um, are a team that you can get excited about this year. Um, I still think they're a year off. I don't think we're going to see massive fireworks this year. It is possible. Um, but it's definitely a team on the rise. Uh, starting off, I'm just going to talk about the offensive line really quick because Justin Fields was sacked 60 times last year, which is not success. Not a good formula for success for the uh, for the Chicago Bears there. So, graded the line. They got Nate Davis over from Tennessee, who is absolutely nasty. They got Wright, who... By all accounts from camp, everyone is very impressed with. He is a huge human being. We got a healthy Cody Whitehair, Tevin Jenkins, and Braxton Jones at left tackle. So the Bears line is actually solidified for once, but there is very little depth behind that, which should make you fairly concerned as a Bears fan that the problems are solved. So um, hopefully that's better. But, you know, Justin Fields got sacked 60 times last year. A lot of people like saying that it was his fault for the majority of those. Um that's not true. If you watch the games, he uh, he was escaping more pressure than he probably had like 0.3 seconds to actually do something with the football before there was a defender in his face. Uh, but he made things happen. Um, just to set the expectations for Justin Fields this year, and the Bears community one is comparing him to uh, the Jalen Hurts jump that we saw last year. And it, it, honestly, if you look at Jalen Hurts' numbers from 2021 – Compare those with Justin Fields from last year. They're eerily similar. They're like the exact same um, average depth for target, uh, accuracy, all that stuff. So it's a really lofty thing. I, I'm not doing it yet. But if Justin Fields could be Jalen Hurts, well, I'll be very happy. With that said, Justin Fields has a great opportunity to be the QB1 overall this year. QB2, QB3. Um saw him do it with his legs if he runs for 1300 yards this year uh, as a bears fan i would be very concerned for the future um but it's great for fantasy so what we should see out of justin fields is a better passing here we got dj moore over from the panthers gives him a true number one and everyone's comparing that to the aj brown and jalen hurts thing josh allen thing so he actually got himself a wide receiver one which should speak volumes on there um Really, when you look at Fields from last year, it just makes you say, damn, he finished number six overall, 17 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and had the eight rushing touchdowns. So if we could get that yardage up, get the passing touchdowns up, you're looking at an absolute monster at the quarterback position um, on that one. So I like Fields. Where he's going right now is kind of that QB dead zone for me. Like I said, I like the top three quarterbacks, and then I'll just wait. You know, I, I guess you could put Burrow or Lance or, you know, even Fields up there if you want to take someone early. But I don't know. Just kind of a weird, so, uh, weird spot for him. He's going at 49 so, overall. Now, the running backs. Uh, yes. What's up? No, no I, I'm going to let you finish. But what? Are you comparing Justin Fields and DJ Moore to what? Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown? You shouldn't even have said it, Joe. I'm not. You're talking about the fantasy community. All right, John, we'll talk about the Eagles next week or some some bullshit. No, it's the Bears community. 
is all saying DJ Moore is not DJ Brown. He's a great wide receiver, but saying that he got himself wide receiver one, so we should see a big jump, um, similar to what happened with Hertz. But I'm not comparing them. I'm just telling you what I'm reading online. Okay. All right. So that's just... fair. Duh. Go on the Bears community on Bleacher Report, man. You could have a, a bunch of fun talks on there. Apparently, I, I could have some good laughs. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> let's go to running back. Uh, Dante Foreman, they paid him starters money. They paid him uh, $3 million for a year. Um, Cleelertz is still there. And, and then you got the newcomer, Roshan Johnson. Um, it's tough to dive into these guys, man. It was really efficient when he was in there. He sucks at pass protection. He sucks at receiving. He's had 23 receptions his entire career. And uh, honestly, so has Dante Foreman. Only 23 receptions here. Now, Roshan Johnson in college alone had 56. And he's awesome at pass pro. And he's awesome at blocking. And everyone in the locker room seems to absolutely love Roshan Johnson, which is why he is my bet to by the end of the season be the rb1 on this team um but i think we're looking at a three-headed monster i really do every one of these dudes has their strengths has their weaknesses um but i think roshan johnson is your most complete back my only concern about herbert and foreman is if you have them in there the defense isn't going to think you're throwing the football to them um at all so they're going to be ready stacking the box against the run there so I like me some Roshan Johnson. Um, you're getting the best value out of him because people are still sleeping on him quite a bit uh, because of how many running backs this team has. When you add in Travis Homer and Ebner from last year, which everyone was really high on, of course, the camp news is Ebner was so great in camp. Don't listen to that. If you want to put him on a dynasty team, I guess that's fine. But you're looking at Cleo Herbert. He is RB40. Roshan Johnson is RB47, and Dante Foreman is RB51. Um, so all these guys are pretty close. Uh, you can take a shot at them late. Um, my money would be on Roshan. But your guess is as good as mine how that shakes out, which is kind of the same after DJ Moore on the wide receivers. Um, DJ Moore going into what possibly might be his best opportunity, best setup his entire career. Um being the RB1 or the wide receiver one on the Bears does not seem like it. But I think uh, Justin Fields could take a big jump here, get him the ball more. Um, the connection during camp was awesome. They've been working out together. So I like DJ Moore a lot. Reading a ton of people that are very down on DJ Moore. They don't think anything's going on here. But I really like the situation he's going into. And I could see him, you know, he usually finishes around wide receiver 20 each year. I could see wide receiver 15. Um, not saying anything more than that, not saying he's gonna be a top five wide receiver or anything, but I do like DJ more. Um, you know, the, the Bears ran the ball 56% of the time last year, so thinking that you're gonna have a bunch of wide receivers on this team that are gonna be usable is probably a dumb proposition. But I do like Darnell Mooney going in here healthy, Fields' little best friend there. So I would say you got DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney. Um, should have a bounce back here. I don't think we're going to get back to 2021 Darnell Mooney, uh, especially with the presence of Chase Claypool there. Claypool is a good run blocker. We'll see. It's a contract here, so Chase Claypool is probably going to play his ass off and secure a contract. We're going to be stuck with him for another four years, but I don't know. I'm not too excited overall about this pass game. And then you add in Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon 
the big free agent acquisition from Green Bay. Come out with side on seven last year. Um, I think he gets better um, coming into this year. I don't know if his fantasy is going to get any better with Robert Tunyon there because he's been used in the red zone quite a bit. I think we're going to see Tunyon take a little bit more away from Cole Komet than we want to see. But uh, I like Cole Komet. If you want to take him as your top tight end, go for it. Just don't think he's going to get as many touchdowns as he did last year. He kind of exploded onto the scene, got seven um, when he got like two the year before. So what do you guys think about the offense here? The touchdowns were definitely a game changer for Komet last year, especially after having basically none his first two years. Um, yeah. I, I have so many issues with what you've said about the Bears, and I don't <laughs> even know where to. St- I don't even know where to start because you're the fan. Well, he was I, triggered as soon as you said Eagles, even though it wasn't your opinion. It was what you had read in the community, and I just saw it on his face that he was like, "How fucking dare you mention the Eagles with this team?" I can't. Like, I, I was like, "Yep." Yeah. I just Can't want wait. one goddamn week of no Eagles. I know I brought it up, but just one week. <laughs> I didn't bring it up this time. I, well, I mean, t- I didn't even bring it up about uh, at the at the. All right, well, what do you zone. got for me? What do you got? All right, for so me? My, my thing is uh, about Justin. Herbert's Fields gonna be good. DJ Moore's not gonna be good. No, no, no. Running running backs are fine. <laughs> running backs, you're you're pretty much nailed it on the head. Nobody knows. They're all the literally I, the only the only complaint I have against the running backs is they're all the exact same guy. They don't have. I mean, hopefully Roshan could catch a pass because neither of the other two can so uh but other than that they're all built exactly the same uh herbert's a little shorter than the others but anyway back to fields fields needs to learn accuracy and i do love what they did with dj Moore. uh i, I don't know how i feel about the whole aj brown thing that's a little bit excessive but i will say i i, I think dj Moore being an addition there is great and i think that's going to help them a lot i think what it really who it really helps the most though is darnell mooney who is clearly not uh, wasn't cut out to be the wide receiver one and really more so the only wide receiver on the team because we noticed last year that no one else could catch a fucking ball. Uh, but Mooney looked fine up until he got injured. He wasn't like splashy. He wasn't flashy. It didn't look like amazing, but he was also the only wide receiver on the team uh, that could really actually consistently catch a ball. I think personally Mooney could outscore more easily this year um i think he's got the chemistry with fields mm. i think now that Moore's on the other side of the field there's going to be a lot more space for him um but that's really the biggest things and then i think claypool's trash i don't think we see the Mike Williams. bears should hope that that is not the case that mooney outpaces more that cannot possibly happen if you are the bears you are not that is not what you're wanting to happen there yeah i don't think that's gonna happen i do think more is gonna be your I do think Mooney has a decent year. I don't think he's going to get the, you know, 1,100 yards he had in 21. But, uh, yeah, I like Darnell Mooney. I just – it's hard to get really excited about this team. I mean, Justin Fields, his accuracy was like, you know, on intermediate throws, was like 77% last year. It seems like the further you get away from the line of scrimmage, the more accurate Justin Fields is, which makes DJ Moore a very appealing guy for that role. And then, you know, Darnell Mooney gets the more of the deep shots. Um Kyle, he needs an offensive line. I mean, that's what that's what he's needed. And yeah, he finally, he, he's going finally to have has, a better line. Yeah. And that's kind of why I wanted to bring that up. The only concern is, I mean, this whole team is like paper thin on depth. There is not, not a whole lot of depth well, outside of the offensive skill positions. But Joe, you low key kind of forgot what the cheat code of this team is, and that's Dante Pettis in the rain. <laughs> now, anytime, anytime there is inclement weather. Dante Pettis is good for a touchdown and probably like 60 yards. I mean, that, what was that our is nickname a, for him last year. Almost the, a the garden plan. I don't, 
I don't even remember, but any it was good the garden game, plant or something. Anytime there was rain, he he just appeared out of nowhere to steal every yeah. touchdown and have not a good game, but it was a serviceable game. So any inclement weather, Dante Pettis turns into Calvin Johnson. It's just it's science. I don't know how it works. It just happens. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to touch on the defense real quick here. It's a garden plant, dude. Um, you got uh, Travis Gibson, Dominic Robinson, uh, Demarcus Walker was signed, Rasheem Green. One of these guys is going to pop at defensive end. I'm not going to say pop like they're going to score a ton, but you're going to get some sacks out of one of these dudes. I'm not paying any attention to any of them right now. I do like Dominic Robinson because the dude's a freak of nature. Um, TJ Edwards very well could lead the uh, league in tackles. Uh, this year, I think he's going to be your tackle machine on here. With the way this defense is set up, might might make the Pro Bowl. I don't know. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, uh, you know, more of your interceptions, fumble guy. He should be playing off the ball a little bit more um, for those splash plays. So love those two guys. And then you got Jaquan Brisker and uh, Eddie Jackson. I don't know what to tell you about Eddie Jackson. He's either going to get a bunch of interceptions or he's going to give you jack shit. Uh, Jaquan Brisker. Going into year two, man, he had four sacks last year, a bunch of interceptions, forced fumbles. The dude's everywhere. If you can acquire him, do it. Uh, I know every Bears fan is absolutely smitten with Jaquan Brisker, but if you got someone who is not a Bears fan in your league, try to snag him for cheap. They might do it. Yeah, Brisker's something special for Fair sure. Um, I will yeah. say I, I love what the Bears did. I know a lot of people were hating on the Roquan trade. Uh, although the whole, you know, Claypool trade kind of counteracted it. But uh, the logic there is the the fact that they got two guys for cheaper than one guy who are both phenomenal mm-hmm. uh, and great at their position and have shown it for the last three years apiece that they can be a starting caliber linebacker. They now have linebacker core and the D line is a little bit of a mess at the moment, but there is someone that could pop, you know, um, and, yeah. and really all they need is something to plug up the line at the very least, and then have those linebackers come in and sweep up and do the rest of the job. There'll be a lot of tackles for the linebackers yeah. and it Brisker. Brisker's just a specialty guy, man. He's just, he's just one of those guys that can do it all. Do we believe in Jack Sanborn or do we think that his job is kind of, yeah. He's the third linebacker on the team. It's going to be hard to really see him getting a lot of the work. He he could do good. I think futures type thing, but, or if there's an injury. Fair enough. Um, all right. So I, I am I going know. to ask to tell you the truth. Oh, I'm no, not buying it until I see anything. Born? That's fair. That's fair. Okay. I don't well, think there's any way we actually see him do anything. That's fair. This week, we're going to try out the uh, a one big question. And each team in the division, I have this one big question about, and I just want to see how we think about uh, this. And I'm glad Joe kind of already prefaced this question a little bit when he was discussing the team. So kind of happy that, that is uh, how this starts out. What will it take for DJ Moore and Justin Fields to recreate a – Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown type connection. Like, what would it take to get to that? I'm not saying it will, Josh. I'm saying what would it take? Yes, Josh. A better wide receiver? Uh, I'm sorry. I, another thing I, 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 I just I get disrespectful. To, another Not thing I forgot to mention is Joe said, and I quote, I like DJ Moore. 
You know what he said last year at this time? I hate DJ Moore. He's not good. And now all of a sudden he's on his team. No, and he but likes his him. problem with DJ Moore has always been he's not playing with a good quarterback. That's always been the DJ Moore problem with Joe. He said Baker Mayfield's not going to get him to a thousand yard receiver. That is the exact argument he used last season. So this season, with a better quarterback, be careful, Josh, with a better quarterback he should be able to take a significant leap from where he was. So what would it take for him to potentially be like a top 10 receiver? Like what would that take? Need the bears to throw the football is what we need. That's really your answer right there. Uh, He's not wrong. I mean, they got what 19 throws a game, something like that for 22 pass attempts a game, 22.2. So I was just guessing. Yeah, no, you were very close. It's super low, but we need to so throw the Fields ball. Is, Fields is going to have to throw the ball 28 times a game if the Bears want to be good on offense. Like that, that has to be the floor, right? Yeah, my only concern there is they were so effective at rushing the damn ball last year. I mean, every statistical category, the Bears are number one in rushing in last year so i think they kind of found a blueprint there um you know montgomery's gone and he was more talented i think than anyone on this roster is right now so and then you know field stats like but you cannot let justin fields your franchise quarterback run as much as we did last year there's no i was about to say you say blueprint i think it's like when you you know buy into a stock and it takes that bump and you're like, holy shit, I'm good at this. And then when it crashes down inevitably, you're like, oh, okay. That's why I don't invest normally. I don't want to lose all of my money. I feel like that is kind of the blueprint from last season. I don't think that is what they should replicate into the next season. Yeah. Well, they didn't win last year, so they need to change something. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I am happy that yeah, they have another option. I think it's going to be more split up, though. I don't think there is going to be a clear-cut 1-2 on this team. I think Mooney is going to have a way better year than we're thinking right now, and I would draft him in a heartbeat the 10 picks lower that he is right now, or plus. I, I'm sorry, I don't have the numbers in front of me. But then Cole Komet, you have him as well. You have Claypool, who's going to be out there. You have Tunyon, who's going to be out there. You have uh, flower, plant, flower Plant Pettis out there in a rain game. I mean, I think it's just going to be a good mix of everyone. And I don't know if any of the running backs can catch a ball, but maybe they're they're training on that well, as well. I feel so. like we hoped that last year, and they didn't do it last year. When almost all of those guys were there, they still only threw the ball 19 times a game. So if you add a player like DJ Moore in a trade like this, you think that he's going to get force-fed the ball. And if he gets yeah. force-fed the ball, the statistics should be, you know. That's my biggest thing with the Mooney love is because Poles is going to do everything in his power to show that he made the correct decision in making that trade for DJ Moore and that Justin Fields is the guy. So I think DJ Moore gets absolutely fed this season and Darnell Mooney's there for whatever is left over. He's very talented. I'm just not overly high on him. And, you know, DJ Moore, Newton, PJ Walker, Andy Dalton, Baker Mayfield, Justin Fields is better than all those dudes in my opinion. Uh, at least at throwing the ball. I, I love Cam. I don't want to disrespect Cam, but it was Fields is an upgrade. Yeah, Fields is an upgrade. So he should is. have his best season he's had. Okay. I'm still only 26 fucking years old. Sorry, that just blows my mind still. No, you're good, Joe. I know this This. This bear. Hopefully you're not banging a trash can this year. Um, all right. Chicago I've banged a lot bear. of things. 
Chicago Bears over under is seven and a half. Um, all right, so we got Green Bay, we got the Buccaneers, the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Commanders, the Vikings, the Raiders, Chargers, the Saints, the Panthers, the Lions, the Vikings, the Browns, the Falcons, and the Packers. It's a pretty easy schedule. schedule. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, hmm. Well, shit. I like to think that they can do it. I like the Bears. I mean, I would once again bet too highly on this, but I'd throw I'd throw a ten spot if I was in Vegas and saw this these odds sitting there. I happen to be. I think if it's under, that's a failure on the season. That'd be seven and ten with that schedule. Like you're not going to get anything easier than that. So, I mean, shit, it have to has to be over. I, I think the defense is going to carry him a little bit. Um, and I just, you just need enough from fields. You know, the run game is going to be good. You don't know who it is, but you know, the run game is going to be good. You just need fields to be able to throw the ball and actually the coaches to believe in him. Uh, yeah. No kidding. Okay. On to Minnesota. So last season, I just like, I, I just, you know, from when I do my previews, I just like kind of leave like where we left off with the team. They were playing the Giants in the wild – not the wild card game. It was the one after that. Um, and Kirk Cousins on fourth and eight checks the ball down to TJ Hawkinson for five yards. I cannot believe that the Vikings, like, 13-5 and five season or 13-4 and four season, whatever, ends in such a depressing manner. And people still want Kirk Cousins to be, you know, a pro football Hall of Famer. And I just – I don't know. I don't think I can buy it. Anyway, moving on to Minnesota. Quarterback Kirk Cousins uh, is being drafted right now as quarterback 13, which I'm not going to lie, as long as he's attached to the best receiver in the league, I still think that that's too low. As you can see on the screen right now, if you're watching, if not, uh, he finished last year's QB six. I think the, the relative floor, like the yeah, the floor for him, I think, is a top ten quarterback in the league as far as fantasy goes. He's got a multitude of options. They didn't really take many of those options away from him, um, and they kind and they got rid of his top running back. So, if anything, I feel like the options even might have gone up for him. For so for him to be QB thirteen, I feel like you're getting him at quite the discount there. Um, moving on to running back, they got rid of Dalvin Cook. He is gone. There's still an opportunity for them to sign somebody, but where we stand right now, they have Alexander Mattinson, who is going as RB19, Ty Chandler, who is going as RB60, and Dwayne McBride, the rookie, who's coming in at running back 68. Um, right now, I feel like Alexander Mattinson's kind of at a good spot at RB19. That's kind of like, I think that's like the seventh round. I wouldn't mind that, at least if that's how they're planning to go into the season. I do think they plan on giving Alexander Mattinson a shot at the number one spot. I mean, I don't know how well that's going to go. I feel like every time we've seen him in relief efforts of Dalvin Cook, whenever he's been injured or whatnot, that he's been serviceable, not always flashy. So I do think they're going to give him a correct chance to actually prove himself this year. However, he's not really ever been a featured back before. So I don't know how, you know, I, they're still going to work in Ty Chandler and Dwayne McBride, maybe not to a flex role, but somebody that you're going to have to keep on your bench as a handcuff. Um, and they're still probably going to bring in another running back. I really think that that's going to happen. 
Um, wide receivers on this team. Justin Jefferson is wide receiver one. He is the best wide receiver in the league. He is probably going to go as your top pick in your draft, and you're not going to think twice about it. Not a lot has changed on this team, and his target share has not changed a lot as well. I still think he's going to be you know, at the upper end of targets in the entire league, so definitely draft him with confidence. Uh, Jordan Addison, who they drafted this year, who was a rookie. Joe currently hates him, but he's going as wide receiver 37. Um, I think that that's not a bad price to pick up the wide receiver two on this team. Um, Adam Thielen is gone. KJ Osborne, who's going as wide receiver 67 right now, hasn't ever, ever really done it except for the playoffs when it doesn't matter for fantasy. Kind of the classic AJ Osborne. Well, he'll have a game every now and then where he'll have 100 yards. You know, like, damn it. <laughs> Weeks I didn't play 14 through 18. Well, cool. Um, Good luck keeping him for the entire season just for him to go off in your playoffs. Um, anyway, Jordan Addison is a good wide receiver, despite what Joe thinks. I still think that he's going to be productive on this team, and he's still going to have a decently high season. I think he's going to finish higher than wide receiver 37. I've already made a fireball shot on, bet on that, so don't really need to bet another thing. Um, and then the tight end, TJ Hawkinson, going as tight end three right now. Look, he is going to be the second best option going into the season, um, but I think he is going to cede some targets to Jordan Addison, and this is going to be a great three-headed monster on offense going into uh, going into the season. And I think any of the—I don't want anything to do with the running backs on this team, but all three of these pass catchers, put them on my team. Like that's—they're a set and forget kind of guys. Maybe you're a little weary about Addison. I definitely wouldn't be confident in my wide receiver two. But as a flex play with wide receiver two upside, that is kind of dead on where I would draft him, and I would feel good about him in that role. What do you guys think? I'm gonna have to go on Joe's Joe's side here. Uh, I think KJ Osborne is in the in the role of the driver's seat for wide receiver two on this team. Um, he clearly made an impact late in the season, uh, and then in the playoffs, I understand that that doesn't count in fantasy, but that does count for the next year and coming into this. I'm not saying there's anything against Jordan Addison. They drafted, oh, well. them, they drafted them for a reason. But uh, KJ Osborne is going to give it his all to be that number two guy. And he's going to be uh, probably in a contract year, if I had to guess. Thielen, as the second wide receiver on the team last year, only ended up with 700 yards uh, the last two years, I should say. And KJ Osborne was at 650 each time as well. So I think it's going to be very similar to that, I think Addison and Osborne are in the 700, 800 range because there's not really much left over after you get to Jefferson and Hawkinson. It's not like you're getting – I don't really want to start either one of them, but in a deep league, I'd think about it at the very least. Yeah, I'm thinking – I feel like they drafted a wide receiver in the first round just to have him out-targeted by K.J. Osborne. That, that sounds right to me, at least. Okay. It's a crazy to piggyback off of that since I work in an office now. I was upset – and I think the Vikings were upset because I think that they went into that. They're like, we're getting a wide receiver. And then they're like, oh, shit, we'll get Quentin Johnson. He's awesome. And then they're like, oh, the Chargers just got him. And they're like, oh, you know, we'll get, uh, I don't know who else was up there. Bunch of good guys. And then their last choice for wide receiver was Jordan Addison. He was, he was the one sitting there. Everyone else before him, JSN was gone there to the Seahawks. And they took Jordan Addison, which – I think Jordan Addison's a good wide receiver. 
I just don't think in rookie drafts, which was my big problem with this, that he has a better opportunity. He does right now, but for his career, JSN, Quentin Johnson, they all have better career projections, in my opinion, than Jordan Addison does. Jordan Addison is always going to be under the wings of Justin Jefferson. He's leaving Minnesota. So if you want to draft him, and like you said, Billy, he's more of a flex play than anything, that's fine. I just don't. I do think K.J. Osborne is going to take some more of those deep passes. They do need that in the offense. Hawkinson, I think, is going to soak up the majority of kind of play the Adam Thielen wide receiver two role. Have him there because when Thielen was there, that was the only time they really had a good tight end was when Hawkinson was there. So I, I don't hate Jordan Addison. I just wanted everyone to pump the brakes on him in rookie drafts is my big thing. What's up, Josh? So, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna reiterate this is not against Jordan Addison as a player. This is the reason they you, Billy wanted to say the reason they drafted Addison was to be the number two guy and blah, blah blah. No, the reason they drafted Jordan Addison is because they gave up the most yards other than the Tennessee Titans, which we don't even count them as a football team last year. Uh, it to, to other teams, so they're going to continue to have to throw the ball. And if something were to happen to Jefferson or Hawkinson, then they would need Addison. At the moment, Addison is a bystander. He's going to have targets. He's not going to not play. Like He's obviously going to be on the field. But it's all the Justin Jefferson show. As you see, his stats just keep going up and up and up. And they're going to continue to keep going up and up because he's the number one on the team. And, I mean, they're, they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. But Kirk Cousins isn't the best cu- quarterback in the world. They just The reason they get all these yards is because they give up all those yards and they give up a lot of points. They're a bad team. They have just the best player probably – I don't want to say ever to play football, but, you know, top 10. We could talk about it. Damn, could talk about it. I don't know. I just think when you draft a player in the first round, we've never – I mean, other than Kadarius Tony, I guess, we've never really seen a team go be like, eh, probably going to not have you as one of the feature points on the offense. Just sit in a corner. Can can I bring up the Eagles? They drafted Jalen Rager in the first round. and Yeah, but they made a fucking mistake is what happened. Like <laughs> – I don't know what to tell you. They they made a huge mistake. They took Jalen Rager instead of one of the best receivers that we've seen in a long, long time. That was that's okay. We made up for it. That's a that's a whole other thing. Yeah, for real. Um, all right. Do y'all have anything to add? I mean, honestly, I mean they have Jalen Rager, which is kind of funny. After the top three on this team, which if you even considered KJ Osborne a part of the top three, it's a no name bunch behind them. Like Jalen Nail Nailer. Brandon Powell, Trish, Tristan Jackson. I've never even heard of some of these people. If I, I like can Lucky Jackson, honest. man. Lucky Jackson, I am okay. cheering for him all year. Lucky Lucky Jackson is uh, definitely a name. It's a name. It's um, a name, I'm for sure. For. That, is, that is a name that is happening. Um, all right, well, I'll get on to the defense. Um, kind of the, the regular old people. We got Daniil Hunter. Jordan Hicks, which joined the fold, uh, Brian Asamoah, I think is going to be uh, has a chance to take a big step this this year. Harrison Smith's old self is still going to be out there, still going to get burnt every play, and we're going to be like, how the hell is there nobody on this team better than Harrison Smith? But he's still going to be out there, still going to get his tackles because they know that they're going to throw on Harrison Smith. Like that's the funny thing about IDP. Like Harrison Smith, you know his ass is going to get burnt because they're going to throw at him. But he still has a, be- a good opportunity for interceptions and tackles because they're going to test his ass every game, every game, no matter what. And that leads to good uh, 
good stats for Harrison Smith. Um, but other than that, is there any guys that you all are excited about? I mean, Lewis seen, but we haven't really seen it yet. Is there anybody else that you all are thinking about? I mean, not really. That defense is trash. The only thing that's cool about this team is that could be a good one. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I just like safeties on these There's types been of a teams. lot of talk about trading Daniel Hunter. That's true. I, that should tell you where this team's at, which is kind of funny because they made like an all in move for uh, TJ Hawkinson when the defense is so bad and they won so many coin flip games last year that it's like, why? Why did you do that? But whatever. Poor Detroit. Yeah. All I'm, right. We'll get there soon. Here's my one big question for the Vikings, and I love where this is going to end up because I already know how it's going to be taken. Will Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison be a top five wide receiver duo in the league? Uh, yes but because of Justin Jefferson and not Addison. And that's the that's why I've made the question. So it's interesting, right? Justin Jefferson is so good that anybody probably could be next to him and they would be a top 5 wide receiver duo in the league. I actually saw it on a on a they were ranking the top 5 duos in NFL and Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson were number 3, I think. And I was like, you know, that's actually probably right. And Jordan Addison hasn't even taken a snap of NFL football yet. I mean, all he needs to do is go get 700 yards, 800 yards. And I mean, and then, yep, there it is. But I think that's just like saying anything with a, the one of the best wide receivers. That's like saying Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd are a top five wide receiver because Chase goes and gets 1,700 yards and 10, 15 touchdowns. I'm obviously leaving Higgins out of the equation because it's a little bit different. But like grabbing Tyler Boyd, who ends up with 700, 800 yards, and you're like, yeah, they're a top five duo. Is it really a duo at that point, though? Like whenever he's like wide receiver 30? Not wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> no, Justin Jefferson helps the equation out because especially when you look at it in that way, I mean, you got Chase and you got Higgins and you got Hill and you got Waddle and you got whatever else. I mean, Justin AJ Jefferson Brown, being is automatically – and eh, whatever, fuck them. But – you got him on that uh got him on that list just because Justin Jefferson's there. I don't know. I like Jordan Addison. My whole thing is, especially during the rookie draft, man, people were taking him way too high for what I think his career is gonna be. I'd rather have Quentin Johnson, I'd rather have JSN in the context Wait. of their offense this year. Yeah, but you're betting on any missed games or missed time for Justin Jefferson. You have the ultimate handcuff. I think that's the theory, at least. I don't know. You know, we got to see him actually play before we make that <laughs> the argument. I but I think that's the reason. Who handcuffs wide receivers? Is that a, is that a well, strategy? In Dynasty, you do that. In Dynasty, yeah. you can. I drafted Marvin Mims yeah. because I have. Uh, in redraft, you don't. tactic i don't think i've ever handcuffed a wide receiver i might have to try that no that's for good reason all right minnesota's over under is eight and a half wow coming from a team that had 13 wins last year surprised they put it so low rough buccaneers eagles chargers panthers chiefs bears 49ers packers falcons saints broncos bears raiders Bengals, lions packers lions no, I don't. I don't. What, I, I'm, what is it? 
That stretch in the middle was like weirdly easy. Like, what the hell yeah. happened there? Um, but no, there's no. Way. I'm personally going with under. I don't think that Justin Jefferson can do it all. Is what it comes down to. And Kirk Cousins is not that guy. Like, I mean, the fact that they ended up winning as many games as they did last year, we saw what happened in the in the playoffs. That's what they looked like as a team all year, other than Justin Jefferson high flying throughout the year. This it's going to be tough for Vikings fans because I think they're expecting better. And I, I bet they see that over under and they're like, why? And you want to know why? It's because of the defense. You're not going to stop anything. You're literally a free offensive points. <laughs> nice. Uh, for every team that goes against them. Well, literally Vegas is like, hey, we literally are putting it right. Eight and a half is literally the middle. Like you're either going to go eight and nine or you're going to go nine and eight. Like there's just so 50, 50. They just have no clue what to do with this team. I'm going under as well, though. I'm going to go over. Okay. Going under too. I'll go over. You can be the opposition, right. Joe. Yeah. All just, right. I'm looking at this schedule, man. I'm like, I think even if the defense sucks, I think they can do it. So. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let's get into what I think is going to be the best team in this league or in this division. Maybe the league. I don't know. Probably not, though. All right. So last last year, we got the Detroit Lions. 
if you listened to this podcast last year, the nine and eight finish wouldn't have surprised you. Uh, and this team's literally only gotten better throughout the time. We told you guys hammered this down in the beginning of the year, during the year, week after week after week after week, that the Lions are a good team. Uh, but obviously some key losses. They did move on from DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, the entire combo. Uh, they did combine for 2,000 yards and 25 touchdowns last year. They also have a top five offensive line uh, and are going to continue to be a good running team. They also moved on from one-year rental DJ Chark. Uh, he showed flashes but never really flourished with the team. So to replace these offensive weapons, they got David Montgomery, who immediately steps into the lead running back role. And then a few short weeks later, drafted Gibbs. So we were a little confused at this in the in the meantime, but he's basically a carbon copy of DeAndre Swift and just hopefully, hopefully more sturdy at this point. Uh, Marvin Jones is welcome back to the team and should easily slot back into one of those outside outside roles um, and honestly completely overhauled this defense in the offseason. Added C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who was a complete ball hawk for the Eagles. Sorry, had to talk about him for just one second. And they also finally have some capable corners signing Cameron Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley. So that's one, been one of their weaknesses over the years, uh, if you haven't noticed. Uh, so just, just to touch on like just the NFL draft, during the, during the draft, people, and myself included in this, were thinking, what the fuck are the Lions doing? And now it all just looks pretty great on paper. It looked weird at the time. They grabbed Gibbs really early, uh, and then they grabbed some other people. But all right, so the first five picks that they selected, Jamar Gibbs, Jack Campbell, Sam Laporta, Brian Branch, and Hennon Hooker, all five of which have a chance to make an impact this year, uh, with the exception of Hooker, kind of barring a golf injury. Um, but all five of them are the future. And great, honestly, I wouldn't, I'd say outside of Laporta, all five are, you know, one or two of their positions. So I, I personally, you know, we got a whole conversation about Stroud and all the others. But anyway, let's get into the offense. So Jared Goff. Now, his 2022 performance was pretty fucking great. I don't know if you guys were wondering. Uh, he put up very much Matt Stafford-like numbers last year, finished as a top 10 fantasy QB, and averaged 7.6 yards per attempt, and the same amount as uh, a darling Josh Allen of the NFL, uh, and only really under a handful of quarterbacks, uh, most of which you know of. Two, I believe, was the only one who had a higher average per attempt, who didn't play the whole year, and also has Tyree Kill. Uh 29 and seven touchdown to interception ratio um, is really kind of a one-sided stat as Jamal Williams did the heavy lifting at the goal line. I think there's going to be a lot more inflated passing yards and touchdowns this year with the change of the guard. Uh, the Jamal Williams one yard run touchdown thing is not going to happen every time. The, the fact that they made it to the one yard line all year, we talked about this week. How are they always on the one yard line? Uh, but anyway, Goff is currently going QB 16 in redraft behind the likes of Daniel Jones and Geno Smith. Um, should be a target really for anyone in a risky quarterback starting situation. Uh, love him as a number two. Uh, love him as, you know, your, your starting guy if you want to grab, you know, two guys really late and not deal with quarterback at all. Um, speaking of Hooker, um, this, this offense could potentially shift to him as early as this season. So I would definitely keep an eye on the Lions performance, especially Goff's performance. If he starts slipping, Hooker could have a shot to come in. I hopeful it's more of a next year's start date at the very least for him uh, to get a little bit more comfortable and actually learn the system, Dan Campbell and the NFL. So um, getting into the, the fun stuff, the running backs. So this backfield is going to be an interesting one to watch all around. Uh, those of you who think Montgomery will have the Williams role and Gibbs will have the Swift role. 
well, it's not that black black and white, but honestly, yes, that's pretty much what's going on here. Montgomery's the kind of the bruiser, and we're going to have Gibbs kind of replace that Swifty role. So the thing is, in my opinion, and this might be where I ruffle some feathers here, Montgomery is going to be the guy uh, to start the season. He's going to have every chance to succeed. He was a much more valuable asset in the passing game than Jamal ever was. And while Gibbs is still going to be profiling as more of that specialty back, Monty's still going to have possibility to be in on passing downs. We've seen it before. Uh, the Bears did not use him correctly last year. Uh, but more than likely, Gibbs will be on those long third downs, obviously, and more of the just, you know, swapping rotational plays. My target, personally, is going to be Montgomery, who's going running back 25, while Gibbs is going, you know, and no NFL experience is going running back 19. I just, I can't invest in something like that knowing that Montgomery could be the easier. And even if he goes and gets that one yard touchdown that the lions had uh, 15 of 20 of last year. So no interruptions. All right, let's get through the receiving team, uh, which is super, super, super interesting. Uh, so you have your guy, Amon Ross St. Brown, and we all know what he's capable of. Um, and with J Jameson Williams suspended, this is going to pump the sun God up to a top 10 wide receiver. Uh, not that he needs any help doing so by himself, but Jamison is going to be back after the first six weeks. And really those six first six weeks are going to be crucial for Amon Ross St. Brown, who, who you'll be getting a 20 to 30 point performance out of pretty much week in and week out. Jamison is wide receiver 46, which I personally think is still a steal because uh, old man Marvin Jones shouldn't blow you away with his performance uh, and is really just the first third of the season. And once Jamison comes back, he's just going to slot right back in as a fully healthy, we hope, uh, wide receiver and if you have the patience i personally think you should take the shot and just a friendly psa watch out on the waiver wire because if somebody just somehow doesn't draft him or better yet those who do drop him a week four that's for the you know next hot waiver wire wire pickup at that point he's just going to be sitting there so just keep an eye out because the jameson williams people draft those kind of guys and just drop them because they you know don't have the roster slots or they see the new guy and they're like they don't really Patience is not really great in uh, fantasy football. Uh, and then, of course, there's Josh Reynolds. Uh, he could be an early week by uh, early week fill in. Basically, um, I'm not really super excited about him, but he did start off the season last year pretty hot. Um, and honestly, just kind of trailed off. But the first few games, he did look pretty decent as wide receiver. And you could see that again. And then honestly, Sam Laporta, it doesn't excite me this year for redraft all that much. Um, I Rookie tight ends really just don't get the valuable work in right away. Um, he is the clear-cut starting tight end, but honestly, I think it's more of a if you run out of options, tight end two, or you just plan on streaming tight ends all year. Uh, it's basically the best you can do. So, uh, what do you guys got? I think Sam it. Laporta. I think Sam Laporta is going to be one of those guys where like there's there's going to be like two weeks, probably in like five and six, where he's going to have like twenty one points, and we're like you know, like pump the brakes, but like the fantasy world's going to explode because like, Oh shit, he caught two touchdowns and got 50 yards. And it's like, well, okay, that's not really sustainable. Like, and everybody's going to like, that feels like what Sam Laporte is going to be this year. Yeah. I, I think for dynasty, I'm really excited about him in the future. Uh, I just rookie tight ends. Just obviously we had a little bit of a surgence of rookie tight ends last year with Dolchich and Kate Otten uh, and then Kyle Pitts two years ago, we've had some pretty good rookie tight ends. People forget that the tight end position is not the like immediate 600 yards, eight touchdowns that people think it is. And nobody's 
you know, everybody's looking for the next Kelsey and the next, you know, people go hard on rookie tight ends, just thinking that they're going to find a diamond in the rough. And it's possible that he does. I just, I don't want to get your hopes up in case you are. I think he's going like tight end 16 or 17, something like that. They do it every year. They try to pump him up there, but um, no, you did good. Good, man. Uh, Josh Reynolds. I see he's on your watch list. I actually kind of like him uh, <laughs> for the first six weeks of the season. So <laughs> If you want to grab Josh Reynolds, I mean, he last year he was like the quintessential give me 12, 13 points um, in a flex spot. That's awesome. So while Jamison's out, I, I like using Josh Reynolds. So, so if you're in a deeper league and, you know, you're in round 15 and you're like, huh, throw Josh Reynolds on there for the first six weeks of the season, I'll drop him afterwards. I like it. By I, the way, I'm not really sure I, why he did so well. I guess it's because DJ Chark was out the beginning of it and so he kind of stepped into that number two Raymond was Raymond was doing you know a decent amount too but Josh Reynolds just kind of I don't know I guess golf hey he's on the watch list too over here this must have been last year man they were just all all the lions are on the watch I'm getting a little peek inside of Josh's head here I like I'm psyched about the lions I don't know if he is he still on the team I don't think Raymond Cleef Raymond is he? Okay, I mean, he is. it yeah. says he's, he's on the lines here. So Behind the Monroe on the depth chart. Um, yeah. I was just going to mention, I don't know how the hell the path would have to work out for him to get on the field, but Mo Ibrahim is a fucking machine at running back. Yes, um, I know that, like, it's going to be tough to get up there, but and he is old, but I'm telling you, this dude is a cyborg, and when if, if he ever gets the opportunity, I think he's going to be one of those names where, like, He's going to pop. It's not going to, I don't know if it's going to gonna happen, but I was sad to see the, him go there because he's got such a hard path to get to the, the top. But man, I just wish we could see Mo Ibrahim out there because man, he is a wrecking crew on, you know, running back. Billy, you yeah, bring up a good point because how many times have we talked about fucking Craig Reynolds on this podcast? Just I know. being a spot start out of nowhere. So, you know. I mean, not he's bad. not worth rostering in redraft, though. but in dynasty, no, definitely I mean, not. he should be rostered. Dynasty, everywhere. he should be on your taxi squad. I know he's twenty four. Montgomery goes too old down. for Joe, but yeah. Eh, well, even if even if Gibbs went down, I mean, they're still gonna do the two headed thing. I mean, Montgomery's made himself a very capable pass pass catcher. The problem is that Bears just never threw to him. He literally caught forty of fifty passes almost every year. Thirty of forty passes, like it was sure there were some missed ones there, but. You got to account for three or four misthrown balls by fields, you know, or, you know, just dump offs in the backfield. So um, let me, let me tie this little, little bow with the lions. Cause the defense is actually one of my most excited spots. Um, so this team has really a shit ton of options for you. Uh, I fully expect Aiden Hutchinson to be in the double digits and sacks after nine and a half last year. Uh, and I personally think he might be in the conversation for defensive MVP. This is usually that jump that defensive ends usually take. Uh, and Houston's no slouch on the other side, notching eight sacks and only seven games last year. So two young defensive ends who are just going to continue to grow off of each other's successes. Uh, th- that defensive line is just scary to me. Uh, and then I-, I don't think Jack Campbell is really going to be much of a secret at this point. He was the first linebacker drafted, uh, but he should take that inside spot and should be a beast. Uh, but this really isn't discounting de- Anzalone, who's coming back on another one-year deal. Uh, and he's playing for his next year deal. Uh, so he's got 125 tackles last year. And I mean, kind of all by default, because there was really another linebacker on this team, but he made the plays last year. And I think he's going to be out there to continue to prove that he's a grinder. Obviously Dan Campbell liked him because they brought him back. Uh, hundred, hundred tackles sounds about right. I mean, maybe a little under, but 
a serviceable starter or, uh, you know, fill in at the very least. And then the secondary is just what gets me just, just, just keeps me up at night, man. Uh, CJ, GJ, uh, Gardner Johnson is one of those just rare corners, uh, corner slash safety hybrids that can play week in and week out that really also have a chance to, you know, take one to the house at any given moment. Um, I think he's going to be playing nickelback at the moment and they're going to keep, cause they have like five safeties behind this, which I'll get to in a second. But even if he does, he's, he's still going to end up with a solid performance anywhere he plays. Um, and then we got Brian branch, Kirby, Joseph, Tracy Walker, all for the two safety positions. I'm personally thinking best to avoid Brian branch this year, just cause I feel like there's no point in starting him yet. I mean, obviously not bad for a, you know, bench spot just to hold on to just in case, uh, Kirby and Tracy have both had some injury concerns. Uh, I can get big numbers from them too. This defense is just going to be great. Honestly, this is, this is a top 10 defense this year. I don't, I don't know how, cause it's the lions and it just never seems like it would be a thing. They're going to be fantasy relevant on the, you know, the defensive special team spectrum. That's for sure. Um, I just want to throw it out there that Jack Campbell is currently 14 to one to win defensive rookie of the year, which I feel like is pretty good odds for you're for sure yeah. getting a starting linebacker who's going to be putting an opportunity right away to rack up some tackles and stats. And if this defense does end up being a top 10 defense, I think that at least in voters minds that could lead to Jack Campbell being, you know, the face of why, I mean, Will Anderson's ahead of him. Jalen Carter's ahead of him. Tyree Wilson's ahead of him. Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez are both ahead of him as well. But Jack Campbell being the next one, I mean, he's going to be a starter right away. Like, I don't know. Like, Jalen Carter, to me, it feels like he's got a tougher hill to climb than than Jack Campbell. Yeah, I don't think Jalen Carter. He's going to be a rotational. The thing about uh, uh, Carter coming in, or not Carter, um, Dan Campbell coming in is – if he does what Anzalone did last year, which is super normal, 125 ta- tackles, sack and a half, forced fumble, interception, that's pretty much it right there. That's all you really yeah. need to do, unless unless a defensive end goes out there and racks up, you know, 12 sacks or something. Right. So I like that. Go throw some money on that for me, Bill. I'll Venmo you. Venmo me, and I will do it. Um, All right, my one big question for the Detroit Lions is kind of a hypothetical. Well, it's kind of a wondering more. Why don't the Lions go get DeAndre Hopkins? Honestly, after doing this preview, I don't know why they wouldn't. Because you're going to get Jamison back, which is understandable, and you've got Amon Ra in the slot. The Marvin Jones spot, and even if even if like he's kind of old anyway, but even if you have Marvin Jones there, DeAndre Hopkins is an upgrade. He just is. And why not make life easier on Jared Goff? Like he erases mistakes, and Jared Goff could make mistakes. Why would you not want him in there? I don't understand. The biggest argument for this would be that it's probably because of the locker room. Uh, I don't know what kind of uh, person Hopkins is in the locker room. Um, I can't pretend to understand that. I'm not in the locker room with him, but Dan, I do know one thing. Dan Campbell has created a presence in the locker room that is very friendly and open um, and, you know, account- holding people accountable. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't think he can hold Hopkins accountable. I'm sure the conversation has been made. I'm sure they're like, hey, listen, we can win this division. We can be a top tier NFL team with Hopkins on this roster, because after looking at it, I mean, we are a little thin past uh, Jameson and that, that suspension really did hurt. Yeah. Well, I like the Lions, man. Yeah. Dad's from Detroit, man. I try to, I try to root for him. Get mad that I said we, Joe. No, I'm mad about it, man. 
identify with the Lions. I love it. They're a great team. No, I, I'm with Josh, though, the culture. I mean, all these guys, if you look, are the um, the underdog. I mean, it's the true kind of underdog story. You don't have anyone on this team that I'm aware of, at least, that has just been an absolute stud their entire career and expects to get treated like royalty, uh, which kind of what I think DeAndre Hopkins wants, you know. He wants the bag of money. He wants to play for a contender, and, you know, it would make a ton of sense, you know, from the chess perspective to get him out there. He could be the ultimate rook on your offense, but um, I, I don't know. I'm just so confused, like, why, like, we're thinking about this, but, like, the Lions haven't done it. Like, I, I don't know. It just – it makes too much sense to me, which makes me feel like it's just not going to happen. But I don't know. Win. I Go guess win. I think with, jo- with Jones and Raymond and Reynolds and all that, that they can – replicate that with three guys that they'd pay about as much as one DeAndre Hopkins. I, I guess so. Just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. It would be a really solid addition, especially if like, let's say hypothetically James never got suspended. I don't No point. You know what I mean? Probably be fine. You, your team looks right. great. James. Let's, let's see what rookie JMO's got. We got six games though. And that could make or break our season, which we'll get to the schedule here in a second. And hopefully those six games aren't terrible. It, Honestly, last year, if he had been, like had Hopkins been available for the first six games of last season and he wasn't suspended, the Cardinals season and whole entire trajectory could be different than what it is right now. But he wasn't there. And so for Jameson to be out these first six games, like who knows what that's going to do. And I don't know why you just wouldn't try to make it easier, but whatever. Uh, the over under for the Detroit is nine and a half. Ooh, favorite to win right now. Yep, nine and a half. All right, so we got Kansas City, Seahawks, Falcons, Packers, Panthers, Buccaneers, Ravens, Raiders, Chargers, Bears, Packers, Saints, Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. There's like two games in there that they will absolutely lose, and then the rest they could win. They're 11 and 6. I'm going over. They're for sure. They're 11 and six hundred percent. And honestly, I am fortunate to hear that. Uh, obviously other than the chiefs opening day, uh, the other five games in that six is not terrible. They're all, you know, winnable games at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going over as well. No going over. Sounds good. All over. We're all over. We are Detroit saying the Lions are going to win 10 games. Let's mark that down in the accomplishment <laughs> history book. For sure. Hey, we bet that last year, honestly. Uh, my biggest like thing last year, like me and Joe did that uh, gambling. It was like that telethon or whatever, potathon, whatever the hell we did. We had to come up with like some gambles. The Lions over was like my big, like, yes, that's what you need to do right away. Um, all right, on to the last team in this division. Um, kind of, you know, we've been finishing normally with the best team in the division, but we're going to finish with what potentially could be the worst team in this division. So, uh, Joe, do you want to talk about Jordan Love, your, your new favorite quarterback? I do. And just hearing you say that, you know, the, the, they might be the worst team in the league is, or not the league, in the division. It's just so great. So great to hear. So let's get to Jordan Love here, man. Um, It would not shock me, just based on the Packers and me being a Bears fan my whole life, if Jordan Love was the second coming and he was uh, 
you know, steps right into the Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre role and, and absolutely shoots off this year and is a great quarterback. Um, I actually, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Jordan Love. Uh, I've been wanting to acquire him in a super flex league uh, for a long time because I do think that there is a chance that he, you know, really outperforms. I don't even know where he's going right now as far as quarterback. I'd assume, you know, probably QB 20. 20 on there at that price. Um, if I was in a super flex, I'd take a shot on it. Um, I'll let you guys talk about the wide receivers. There's plenty of excitement there. Uh, kind of speculation on there. So you can see a decent year from Jordan love. Uh, but because I'm a bears fan and I have been downtrodden by their quarterbacks for the last 40 flipping years. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not touching him this year. What do you think would be a realistic projection for Jordan love? I think 4,000 yards, a shit ton of interceptions, and not that 4, many. 4,000? Yeah. Holy bleep. That would 30, be a hell 3, of a 3,700? Sorry, my bad. I mean, they're going to they're gonna be losing I don't every even, game. I don't even think he's going to get to 32. Like, I think 32 would be a fantastic – like, that would be a fabulous season for Jordan Love. I, but I, I don't, don't think he's getting to that. There are bad quarterbacks every year that throw 4,000 yards. I just I don't think that it like, doesn't Carson... happen as much as you think. It really doesn't. I mean, he didn't play much last year, but he did not rush the ball at all. Um, so we haven't really seen any rushing from him, which I believe would be the only thing any sort of points, reliable points, that is. So I don't know. I think a 30, 37, 3,800 kind of performance. I mean, not great, like 16 and 14 touchdown interception ratio. I mean I don't, I don't see why not like, I'm not saying Jordan loves going to go out there and be the second coming of Christ. I don't think this uh, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers trend continues here, but this team for one, we do, we will talk about the weapons, but there are, there are weapons on this team. This team is not bad. They're not made up to not be able to throw the ball. We don't know what Jordan love is. This is a Trey Lance conversation. These are this, the same people that say Trey Lance is the second coming and he's going to be so phenomenal are the same people that put Jordan love down when he hasn't even started, but four games. Like I, it's so hard if, for- if, if Jordan love threw for 3,800 yards next year, he will throw for more yards than Aaron Rodgers did last year. Do you think that's going to happen for real? Um, I mean, to be fair, he has more weapons than Aaron Rodgers did last year. He'll throw for more than Jalen Hurts had last year. Yes. Yeah, he he would he would yeah he would he would be doing that if I don't know I mean technically I guess he's a mobile quarterback as well so let's see what happens there if he has more mobile yards but I just I don't I think QB sixteen is about right for him I don't think he's going to be like super fantasy relevant I think it's going to be one of those you know where Jared Goff was the last five years before last year like impressive enough to keep the job for next year but like not super impressive i mean he's gonna he's gonna have to throw the ball they're gonna be down a lot of games they can't just like not use him and i mean this is like, a I, really I just nice think any picket style season from him yeah which that, i think would be successful right. for the packers you know jacoby Brissett, something like that the but. problem with jordan love is that he's literally got this one year because they have an option to pick up if he's good this year but he's got one year to prove himself so I don't All know. right, we want to do a little fireball bet here because I'll, I'll take a thirty hundred over for Jordan Love. Sounds like you, you guys said don't. 30, want, you said thirty eight. Yeah, thirty five sure. just right then. I'll, I'll take that. 
You guys are saying Kenny I'll Pickett types. He's I'll like 2,000 yards. Yeah. I'll still take it. You guys it. are yeah. talking because all kinds of Because the thing games. is – is the Packers are going to win with defense if they're going to win. It's going to be a lot of 17 to 20 games. Like that that's how the Packers are going to win. No, I know, but he's not going to throw for a bunch of yards either. Like going to just be a middling offense with a good defense. Okay. Billy, you want running backs or wide receivers? Um, I'll take wide receivers because you're mad disrespectful to Christian Watson, so I'll do wide receivers. Um, all right. We'll start at the top with Christian Watson, who is going as wide receiver 20 right now. Um, we had four good games. It's just good. He, yeah, for real. No, he, he did. He definitely did. He's going 39 overall, which I know. No, 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 peeps. Don't do this to yourselves. I know that it's like one of those Brandon Cooks, he's the only options kind of situations in most people's minds. We don't know what he's going to look like with Jordan Love. We barely saw what he was good like good with Aaron Rodgers, and it was a lot of luck, as Josh will tell you. There was a lot of luck that went into his good games last season. It was mostly like one catch for 80 yards, which was a lot of fun to watch, but it's hard to bet on that being um, something that is sustainable. So at 39 overall right now, I'm personally saying it's something that you don't want to get involved with. Uh, moving down the wide receiver list, though, Romeo Dubs is going as wide receiver 58. He's going in the 12th round. That right there is more what you should be after because you're getting him basically for free. And the upside is that he is going to give you a p- person that you can put in your flex position. I think the connection between Dubs and Jordan Love is a lot better. And I think that this is actually someone that could come up in this offense um, especially now that Alan Lazard is gone. I think Romeo Dubs is going to move into his spot. And I think this is the guy that you're going to want on this offense. They also drafted Jaden Reed out of Michigan State. He is a speed demon going as wide receiver 70 right now. He's going at 159, so about the 15th round. Again, a freebie, but somebody that's going to be in the slot and somebody that you can pick up and it's going to be pretty easy to see how he could return value if Jordan Love's even good at throwing the ball. Um, and I'll just mention the two tight ends as well right now is Tucker Craft and Lucas Luke Musgrave, who aren't even going as top 25 tight ends. So don't really know what you're going to get from them. Um, again, this is all kind of hinging on the quarterback. The quarterback's got a lot of new weapons to throw to. Josh somehow thinks he's going to get to 3,500 yards with all of this, this scrap heap. But, I mean, hey, that's his bet to make and his fireball shot to take, my friends. I love the rhyming, too. Um, I, <laughs> I, just, I just like to give the benefit of the doubt. It's like I, I don't understand why people are all about Trey Lance, who's literally never played but won't give Jordan Love a chance, who's got to sit behind one of the greats. I, I'm more inclined to believe in someone like that than someone who's not played at all. So. Um, into the running backs, uh, this AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, you really can't go wrong with either one of these guys. Um, Aaron Jones is a top 10 running back year in and year out. Um, this might be one of the last ones he has, but in redraft, you're going to go for him. Uh, AJ Dillon did kind of poach the you know goal line work from him last year, but he, he made up for it in passing yards and he's going to continue to get those dump offs. Uh, Dylan actually is pretty decent at the dump off passes as well. He's kind of the, kind of the same guy. Uh, Dylan's a little bit more stocky. But I'm a fan of both these guys, both especially if one or the other goes down, the other one is vaulted into just absolution with this team and is going to be the number one running back. Uh, Packers actually sneakily have a pretty decent line. I think they're like top 
12, 13 in offensive line. So they're going to be running the ball, obviously, with Jordan Love to see what he's got first um, and run first real fast. Uh, I think you're starting A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones week in, week out. Dylan a little less likely just because you could have a little less, you know. I, I am so out on A.J. Dillon. It is really? So out on him. I think last year was just a weird year for the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers didn't want to be there, even though he signed the contract for, like, no reason. Um, and it was just they didn't get – they lost Devontae Adams, and they were, like, basically Aaron Rodgers just boo-hooed the whole time. So Yeah. I just think when people yeah. look at A.J. Dillon, they think, like, oh, this guy should be Derrick Henry with his size and – you know, just those quads in general. And he's not that guy. He's not going to be that guy. Aaron Jones is really good. Um, and he's going to continue to play second fiddle to Aaron Jones. True. Anybody want to hit on anybody on the defense? No. <laughs> That's fair. Um, Quay, Quay Walker should have a little bit of a better season. He was really up and down last season and very emotional for a season, I might add. Boy was yeah. kind of getting kicked out of games and stuff. It was kind of wild to watch, but uh, hopefully he gets that under control and he can be better this year. Uh, Devondre Campbell should be good. They drafted Lucas Van Ness, but press, they kind of signed Preston Smith to be in that spot. So I don't really know how he's going to find his way onto the field. Um, and then Darnell Savage at safety was pretty good last season but i don't know if that's startable exactly i was gonna say i'm not gonna lie to you i don't think any of these guys are really like on the like blow off the page like you're like ah you gotta have this guy on your team it's just they're a really good unit all around like preston yeah, smith he doesn't put up the numbers to where it's like the best defensive line in the game but he just plays well i mean the team plays well together defense wise at least obviously the offense didn't play very well last year but. i love rashawn gary i think yeah. Before he got hurt last year, I think he was kind of on the verge of a breakout. So I think Rashawn Gary, especially if he's healthy going into this year, is a big one. And then signing Jonathan Owens to take over Adrian Amos' spot, he killed it with the Texans last year um, as far as tackles and everything goes. So I think you're looking guy that gets cheap tackles, may even have an opportunity to get you some sacks, force fumbles, interceptions uh, in this defense. So those are two guys I like. I like that Eric Wilson signing. I forgot that happened. That's good depth at linebacker. Yeah, Devondre Campbell is too. Mm -hmm. Okay, the only question I have for the Green Bay Packers is, will anybody on this offense finish in the top 15 at their position? Yes, we already talked about it. Aaron Jones. Okay, well, I only say that because he's getting drafted at RB17 right now. So Top 15? Yeah. Aaron Jones has been a top 10 running back the last three years. He has been. I think Luke Musgrave on, um, could, could be a top 15 guy. Top 15 tight end? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, that's because tight end is a total crapshoot anyway. Yeah. Top well, I took the easy really... route, man. Okay. I fail you. I actually feel like none of these guys are going to be in the top 15 at their position. I, I think I this is going to be the most competitive division in football um, all around. I think the games are going to be scrappy. The Packers always play the Bears really well. They always play the Lions really well. I understand that this is not the Aaron Rodgers-led Packers, but the team is the same other than Aaron Rodgers, and I think that they're going to be out there. They're going to be scrappy. They're going to give the ball to Aaron Jones a shit ton, uh, and Jordan Love's going to have his crack at this offense. So I, I, I think whatever – I don't know what their over-under is yet, but I'm probably going to go with over. We'll get to it. It is seven and a half. 
before we get into that, I, this team is scrappy and they're going to be a little cocky. Uh, there was an interview with Preston Smith I was listening to, and they were asking him about how does it feel to be second fiddle to the Chicago Bears um, this year. And he said, in my whole career, I've never lost the Chicago Bears. And I think the majority of people on this defense have never lost the Chicago Bears. So in our mind, we can beat the Chicago Bears. And that hurt my soul so goddamn much <laughs> listening to that because they're going to go in there with the swagger of having never lost to us. So. Anyway, Fair what enough. was the over-under? Over-under seven and a half. Same as the Bears. All right. So we got week one. We got the Bears, the Falcons, the Saints, the Lions, the Raiders, the Broncos, the Vikings, the Rams, the Steelers, the Chargers, the Lions, the Chiefs, the Giants, the Buccaneers, the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Bears. Your division has it so easy this they year. They got I mean, the I guess... stupidest easy schedule. What the fuck was that? I don't think, like oh. I said, I think this is going to be the NFC East two, three years ago when we were just the seven and eights. All, ever, all the teams were right around the same. Anyone could make the division lead. I guess... I'd say the NFC South, but at the same time, that was a little bit too shitty last year. Um, but that kind of conversation where it's just like anyone can have the division till the last minute. I'm going under. I'm going over. I, I think that I don't think eight wins is going to be impossible for this team. I think they are a bad football team, and I think they're going to be exposed. I dislike the Packers heavily, but I think that they'll be able to overcome this. With this schedule, I'm going over. So I'm going over on all four teams. I see. You know, the thing is, is I also with that schedule, but then I think in my head, you know what? This team is just as bad as some of those teams. So don't think that that's as like gimme as it used to be. Now I'm like, eh, they're probably going to lose to the Rams. Why, why the hell would they beat the Rams? I have no inkling for why. Matt Stafford's a better quarterback than Jordan Love is. So why would they lose, you know? And sadly, they're, uh, the back end of their schedule is very loaded with away games, so they're not even going to get to take advantage of the Lambeau winner. That actually really sucks for them. Yeah. The winter, the winter games are their, their go-to. Could be better. Maybe Jordan Love sucks in the winter. Who knows? We don't, we don't know. Maybe it's played North Dakota, though. No, that's Trey Lance. Never mind. No, Utah. Played in <laughs> Utah, which, I mean, Utah's not a walk in the park, but I don't think it's cold every day. I don't know. No, I doubt it's that kind of. Cold, so all right all right well detroit wins this division um before we get out of here i had sent you all a message that i wanted to talk about i should have talked about this at the beginning but i forgot um all right it's about this todd Gurley, or actually melvin gordon said it but it was about todd Gurley. so melvin gordon said in my opinion i think after todd Gurley got paid then sean mcveigh came out and said i will never pay a running back again i'll just use them and rotate them out I think after that statement was made, and then I think they won the Super Bowl, and it was like everyone followed suit. And he's talking about the running back market. And so the question becomes, did Todd Gurley ruin the running back market for everyone forever from what it feels like? Which, yes, I feel like. I mean, he did, saying, like, right? Yeah. But the problem is, is that sucks because he was such a great running back and he deserved every bit of that contract until we found out he had arthritis and no ligaments in his knees. I mean, they didn't know that at the sign of the contract, but I mean, you see it with every like second term running back contract, but nowadays, like they're not working out. I mean, Derek Henry's the one person who this is not affected lately. 
Adrian Peterson, yeah. I guess, at, what, five years ago, six years ago, when he made his last-ditch effort for a big contract. Nobody's signing quarter running backs anymore. I mean, you got Zeke, Dalvin Cook, obviously, recently, uh, Kareem Hunt, uh, Leonard Fournette. All these guys are free agents right now, and that makes all the little guys out there even, like, less desired because there's Zeke still out there, and we, if – if Zeke doesn't get signed, then we don't need to really make a move yet. You know, like we, we could still get Fournette after that. Like, I think it's really coming down to once Dalvin cook finds a home, I think everything's going to kind of filter into place, but everyone's scared to spend money on the running back position. And it's really sad because honestly, it's like, it feels very like, it feels like we're treating running backs like a prostitute. Like we're just using them up and we're like, all right, see ya. Yikes. But it's true. It's, it's very disheartening for people that are running backs, but like the one that really sticks out to me is when Jamal Charles tore his ACL, I think it was like 2014, 2015 or something. And Niall Davis, who nobody had on their radar, just came in out of nowhere and finished like top seven running back the rest of the season because he took that role. I mean, we've seen this all the time. We don't see that when a wide receiver gets hurt. We don't see that in a lot of places. So you're seeing that with linebackers and you're seeing that with running backs. And, you know, it sucks because the same thing happened to Roquan. He wanted that payment from the Bears. They didn't give it to him. He did get it from the Ravens. But you're starting to see this more often. And honestly, why would you invest a lot of money in running backs? Uh, there's truly special players at the running back position. But why would you give them a huge second contract? It doesn't make sense. We're seeing these guys go in the fourth and fifth round that, you know, are absolutely showing out. So. Yeah, it's just sad sad because like when we were growing up like having a running like adrian peterson like having a running back like that and we're at the tail end of probably the last great running back and that's derrick henry but like i don't think we're ever gonna see this again like that kind of like long career with one team where that's the like sole focus of the offense i think i don't think it'll ever happen again and I do think Melvin Gordon's right. I think Todd Gurley literally ruined it for everyone from here on out. And that's crazy yeah. to me. I mean, look at Saquon Barkley. He deserves is more than deserving of a contract. And they're like, we'll franchise tag you. We'll see what you we'll, It's crazy. We'll it, yeah, you're out right. this road. It's crazy because like Saquon Barkley is is that offense. If they if they don't have a good running back, it doesn't necessarily have to be Saquon, but if they don't have a good running back, that offense doesn't function the same way as it's supposed to. Same with the Browns. If they don't have a Nick Chubb-esque running back, the offense isn't gonna work the same. So it's it's just like it sucks that it's not about the name anymore. It's about just like I need somebody who can fill this spot. And that is just not how I, I just hate that that is where we're at right now. It's it's the integration of all these sports analytics and quantum computing and stuff into what these teams are doing, because, you know, now when we say this, but, you know, like 10 years from now, there's going to be this really revolutionary coach that comes out and features one running back and then the whole league is going to go back to it. So, well, you know what it's going to be, Joe, it's going to be a running back that can play quarterback too, like legitimate running back that can also throw a hell of a pass. That is where we're going to end up eventually. And then you're not even going to have a running back on the field. You might have like a second quarterback on the field or some dumb shit like that. I don't know. That, that's way in the future. But... Todd Gurley like, killed it. Todd Gurley killed it. Anthony Richardson shot it in the head. <laughs> can you imagine if like Derrick Henry was also like Aaron Rodgers at throwing the ball? That's would be insane. And I, I think Christian McCaffrey? Where, you mean – 
Do you mean Anthony? I think Richardson? That's where we're gonna gonna head. Well, yeah, Anthony Richardson could be. We'll see how his career goes, but like that's probably the next evolution of all this. But th- it's just crazy that that's that's where we're at. We're running back position as a whole is kind of a dead. And Todd Gurley killed it, unfortunately. So sad. <laughs> no, honestly, I mean, off right there. I've been saying this <laughs> for years violent. that it's it's a it's a committee type thing now. It's a two man backfield. It's been that way for the last few years now because of this, because people don't want to pay one guy the money and then him be the full full focus. And even if you do finally actually pony up and make that contract, you want someone else out there so they're not taking every hit. You know what I mean? Like Obviously, a hit can it could be the first hit or the forty fifth hit or the three hundredth hit, but those hits could turn into a, a potential injury and wasted money, and wasted you know not getting another position out of it. You could go get a linebacker out of it or a quarterback or blah blah. blah. Honestly, from a medical perspective, it's probably better for these running backs. You know, get a couple million when you're uh, when you're in your early twenties, save it, and then be healthy later on because I. I just think we're we what we should do, and I don't know how this was going to work, but the players' union should figure out something. I don't even know how that would work, but like where the running back is like on a year to year deal, where they could just get re upped for a lot more money sooner. Like I, I don't know, I, but yeah, it can't it cannot go this way where after four years they're finally going to get to their contract. Like Jameer Gibbs right now isn't going to get to re up his contract until he's twenty five or twenty six. And by then, who even knows if he's going to be half the running back that he is right now? And that yeah. just that sucks. And we got to figure out something to help these guys out because they should not watch, you know, Patrick Mahomes get a quarter of a billion dollars when they can't even get a second contract for not even a quarter of that. So I, I don't know. We got to figure something out for him. They can't even. There's not another like collective bargaining thing for what five years now not really but even if they did it's not like the like the players union would be like yeah this one position can get a second contract sooner because then every position is gonna be like why the hell am i not getting my contract sooner so i don't even know if you could do it that way but gotta figure something out the team's over but it would make sense yeah it would suck seeing those like stud players playing on their rookie deal it's like pay that dude we should not be in July right now with Zeke Elliott, Leonard Fournette, and Dalvin Cook with all without jobs. These guys were all in the top ten of fantasy running backs within the last two years, and now they can't even get a job. Like what? What? What is happening? They're all going to be on teams by the start of the season. I know, but they should be already. Like the fact that they're not is why we're talking about this. I agree. Like, it's just yeah. ridiculous. Adam Thielen's on a, a team right now, and Adam Thielen's thirty-four years old. It's ridiculous. That's the only 34? Uh, probably. That's such a good yeah. argument for this. AARP is coming soon for him. They're probably already sending him brochures. <laughs> anyway, follow us at Offensive Points. Follow Josh at Josh Hall STL with one H. Follow Joe at OP Joe with two E's. Follow me at Ombre Vendor on Twitter. Also, if you have Sleeper and you play any of the games that are available on there, your first deposit, use the code POSSUM, P-O-S-S-U-M, and you will get your deposit matched up to, I believe, $100, which is awesome. And going into the season, this is going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of games on there right now um, for baseball, basketball, the whole thing. But football is going to be you know, the main focus of this podcast. May even do some content creation around 
some of the games that are available on there, which will be, you know, fun for people to at least watch, see how it's done. And that's all I got. Guys, do you have anything to finish us out with? I'm good, man. It's a good time. It's a good time. Fair enough. Exactly. Happy, pr- happy Pride Month to Matt Gay, by the way, the kicker for the uh, Colts. <clears throat> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.